If you can, please stand for the reading of God's word. Today we are in Psalm 55. Give ear to my prayer, O God, and hide not yourself from my plea for mercy. Attend to me and answer me. I am restless in my complaint, and I moan, because of the noise of the enemy, because of the oppression of the wicked. For they drop trouble upon me, and in anger they bear a grudge against me. My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death have fallen upon me. Fear and trembling come upon me, and horror overwhelms me. And I say, oh, that I had wings like a dove, I would fly away and be at rest. Yes, I would wander far away. I would lodge in the wilderness. I would hurry to find a shelter from the raging wind and tempest. Destroy, O Lord, divide their tongues, for I see violence and strife in the city. Day and night they go around it on its walls, and iniquity and trouble are within it. Ruin is in its midst. Oppression and fraud do not depart from its marketplace. For it is not an enemy who taunts me. Then I could bear it. It is not an adversary who deals insolent with me. Then I could hide from him. But it is you, a man, my equal, my companion, my familiar friend. We used to take sweet counsel together. Within God's house we walked in the throng. Let death steal over them. Let them go down to Sheol alive. For evil is in their dwelling place and in their heart. But I call to God, and the Lord will save me. Evening and morning and at noon, I utter my complaint and moan, and he hears my voice. He redeems my soul in safety from the battle that I wage, for many are arrayed against me. God will give ear and humble them, he who is enthroned from of old, because they do not change and do not fear God. My companion stretched out his hand against his friends. He violated his covenant. His speech was smooth as butter, yet war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet they were drawn swords. Cast your burden on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. But you, O God, will cast them down into the pit of destruction. Men of blood and treachery shall not live out half their days, but I will trust in you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You can have a seat, and as you do, if you have a Bible, I want to encourage you to open it up to Psalm 55. Uh, this summer we've been walking through uh, some of the Psalms, and, and we, this, this morning we're looking at Psalm 55, looking at specifically uh, a really interesting Psalm. Um, like all of the Psalms, they're helpful ways in which God uh, uses um, people in all sorts of emotional, mental, physical places to uh, welcome us before our God in praise and worship in, in a variety of different capacities. And so as we dive into Psalm 55, uh, I want to just ask a question to kind of get us our posture, our hearts, our minds in the right space. Um, have you ever, uh, maybe you were walking into a place or somebody was coming over to your house or, or you maybe were the person going somewhere and you, you encountered or saw that friend or that person that you know, maybe you know them fairly well, and, and there was just this look on their face. Uh, it was this look on their face or, or maybe in their, their physical body posture that was just like this, this flashing caution sign that says something is wrong. It's that like on their physical face, maybe they're trying to smile, but you can see through the smile. Uh, maybe they're, they're like trying to talk about happy and cheerful things, but inside something's actually wrong. Uh, maybe you found yourself in that place where you're, you're going somewhere and and there's just something is off, something is wrong. Maybe it's a conflict you've recently had, whatever it may be, there's something 
off inside of you and your physical body in your face and in your physical features displays that, dis- that, that disconnect, that something is wrong, that there's something bothersome, that there's something under the surface going on here that maybe the person is showing by choice, maybe they're not showing by choice, or maybe they're trying to mask. What exactly are we observing in that moment? Like in that moment, what exactly are we seeing? Well, what we're seeing is someone who is heavy laden with a burden. That there's something going on inside of them, internally, mentally, emotionally. Maybe it's something relational that's taking place between them and a friend or a family member or something that's creating this weight or burden. Maybe it's spiritual. Maybe it's sin that is actively uh, taking rule and reign in their life and it's leading to this posture and place of just beat down weight and burden. Like there's this, this dragging of themselves through life because of a burden or a weight that they cannot help but physically, even if they try to mask it, let it be seen on their facial features, on their disposition, on the way they carry themselves, they feel and they look heavy. Oftentimes we experience this in anxiety, this weight, this heaviness, this like, they can also feel like this, this darkness or this weight, this, this depression that plays out. It can be because of mental, emotional, physical, spiritual things that are taking place that seem to weigh us down and burden us. It leads us to a place, and we honestly think about it now, to, to, to realize that we all need help. That when we find ourselves in a place and posture where we are burdened, where we have this weight that we are carrying upon ourselves, that we need help. We need help to carry that weight. But oftentimes we don't ask for help. We don't ask for help. Maybe we feel like we have something to prove to ourselves or to someone else. Think about when I was a kid, particularly teenage through like my early 20s, when my dad would make suggestion about something that I should do. I was like, no, 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 I got this on my own. I got this on my own. I got it. I'm going to do it my way. I know you said do it this way, but I'm going to do it my way. My way's going to work out. And then I found out later, dad's been there and I should have listened to him. But I felt like I had something to prove to myself or to him by being able to do it on my own. Sometimes the reason we don't ask for help when we're carrying weight or burden is because we feel like we have something we need to prove to others or to ourselves even. Maybe we don't think anyone would care about the thing you're walking through. Maybe we don't think anybody would want to help you with the thing that's heavy and burdensome. Maybe it's a weight so heavy that you just don't want to burden somebody else with it. Like, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to share it with somebody else because I don't want them to have to carry that too. So I'll just carry it myself. Maybe it's a weight or burden that you carry uh, because of uh, something that's been done to you or you've done that carries with it shame and guilt that tells you it's better to keep it hidden and to stay enslaved to it than it is to talk about it. 
than it is to get help. There's a lot of reasons that span the spectrum from self-reliance and pride to shame and guilt that keeps us under the weight of burdens. And all of those excuses are reasons that we come to to not cry out for help when we're heavy laden and burdened, keep us under an increasing intensity of weight and burden in our heart that cause us to feel anguish, that cause us to feel floods of anxiety and fear and stress levels that begin to take a toll on our physical lives, our emotional well-beings, and even our relationships with other people. And especially our relationship spiritually between us and God. See, here's the deal. God does not desire for His people to carry burdens like that. He doesn't take pride in watching you crushed under weight of heavy, hard burdens. He doesn't enjoy when His people incur crippling physical sickness because of mental, emotional, spiritual, or physical burdens that they carry. He doesn't enjoy or take pride in depression or anxiety or overwhelming panic attacks. He doesn't desire those things for you. Those are oftentimes the fruit of us not coming to our good God with the burdens that we find ourselves carrying. So the plan um, this morning is to walk through Psalm 55, because Psalm 55 is a helpful psalm. Uh, like all the psalms, they have a way of, of bringing to light, bringing to the surface the reality of the, the, the emotions, mental state that we find ourselves in, and then instructing us about who our God is in the face of hard or happy emotional places in life. So today, this psalm brings to the surface the reality that all of us face burdens, heavy, weight kind of things. And it invites us, it welcomes us to bring those things to the surface, to bring them out verbally before our God and others, and to do something with them, to instruct us about what do we do when we are weary and heavy laden? What do we do when we have burdens that feel so heavy, yet we don't feel like anybody wants to, would help, or like we can get to the place to ask for that kind of help? What do we do? And so Psalm 55 is a moment in David's life, king of Israel's life, when he was heavy laden with a burden, and he invites us in to see what was happening so that we can relate and could connect with kinds of burdens that we all are carrying. And then he instructs us in what do we do with those burdens. So as we walk through this psalm, we're going to see this is the main point of the entire morning. Here it is if you're taking notes or you just want to write it down or just going to lock it in. It's this. Trusting God with your burdens looks like casting them on Him. Trusting God with your burdens looks like Casting them on Him. And we're going to look at this in four points as we walk through the psalm. First one, it walks through a process of what do we do with our burdens. One, cry out. Two, confess. Three, ask. And four, 
Remember, I'll remind you of those as we walk through it. As we lean into verse 1, let me ask you to just pause for a moment and consider, what is burdening you today? What is that weight that you're carrying right now? What is it? If you were to put it into words, what would those words be? As we lean into Psalm 55, as, as, as David, the Holy Spirit, speaking through him this morning, welcomes us to bring our burdens to the surface. What is that burden? As we walk through this process of seeing David um, cast his burden along the, upon the Lord. First point, here we go, cry out. Psalm 55 verse 1 says this, Give ear to my prayer, O God, and hide not yourself from my plea for mercy. Attend to me and answer me. I am restless in my complaint, and I moan. When we find ourselves in a heavy, burden, burden, weight, crushing space, maybe it's you're your, your self-aware, maybe more than some others, and it's like you, you feel the weight of that burden before it really starts to feel heavy, or maybe it's something that's been pressing on you for years. Wherever it may be, the first step that we see David follow uh, and instruct us to about our burdens is to cry out, to, to come to the place and posture of saying, I need help. I need help. This is heavy. This is crushing. I need help. And, and here's the hard thing. In order for us to cry out, in order for us to trust the Lord by casting our burdens upon Him, we have to begin with a place and posture of humility. A place and posture of going, I am weak. I am weary. I am tired. I am insufficient. I am limited. The place and posture of beginning uh, the process of trusting the Lord with our burdens by casting them on Him is getting to a place and posture of humility that cries out to God. And here's the deal. This is hard. Specifically, it's hard in a corresponding way to the heaviness of the burden you carry. Specifically, I just want to say, burdens that you carry that have locked their claws in you with shame are really, really hard. They're really hard to get to a humble place of saying, I need help, I need uh, someone else, I'm weak, I'm insufficient, and I'm, lim I'm limited. It, it, it is hard, with corresponding weight to the burden, to get to the place of admitting, I need help. I can't do this. If you think about this, like, uh, why is it, this is a case study of casting our burdens upon the Lord. Why is it that when we talk to somebody else, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a counselor, when we talk to somebody else about the things that are hard or heavy on us or they're bothering us or we're worried about, why is it that that's helpful? Well, what's happening in that moment? What's happening in that moment is you are sharing your burden. You're casting it off just a little bit. That you're bringing it to the surface and you're, you're sharing it with somebody else, which is why talking to a therapist or a counselor can be helpful with anxiety, with weight. Even talking to a friend about something that's going on that's hard, you leave a little bit lighter. Why? Because you're sharing the burden. You're, you're, you're bringing it to the surface and you're, you're sharing that burden. And, and the problem, though, with 
or I guess not problem, the insufficiency of a counselor or a friend is this, that they can't often do anything about the burden. So what do we do? We turn to the Lord to cast our burdens upon Him. The problem often, though, is that we turn to our God when we feel like we've exhausted all of their options. Not first. But typically when we feel like we've exhausted all of their options and find ourselves at the end of our own rope. It's helpful for us as we consider the first step of casting our burdens upon the Lord, crying out for help. We see David do here. Give ear to my prayer, O God. Hide not yourself from me, uh, my plea for mercy. Attend to me. Come do something. Answer me. I'm restless in my complaint and I moan. Uh, Who are the people that you feel most comfortable sharing the most intimate aspects of your life with? Who are they? What is it about that person that leads you to being comfortable sharing those things with them? Typically, there's a loyalty that that person has displayed, a faithfulness, a steadfastness near you. Typically, it's that they've shown themselves in their actions and their words to be caring and for you. They've shown themselves to love you. They've, they've displayed characteristics that desire to help you, un, un like self-interested just for you. Those are the kind of people that we tend to go towards whenever we find ourselves in a hard place. And here's the beautiful part. God is more than all of those people ever will be. That He is more powerful and capable of acting upon the circumstances you find yourself in that created the burden. He's more powerful and more capable than a friend, a family member, a spouse, a neighbor, a counselor. The other aspect is that He loves you more than them. That God loves you more than that dear close friend that you feel comfortable sharing the intimate aspects of the hardest things of life with you. His loyalty surpasses their loyalty. His faithfulness to you for your good surpasses their faithfulness to you for your good. And additionally, there's no moment in our lives where if we come humbly before our God, crying out to Him with our burdens, where we will be met with shame. That there is no moment where if you come humbly, needy before your God, with a burden that you carry, where you will be met with judgment, condemnation, or shame, but only and always with mercy and grace. That's what 1 Peter 5 says. Cast your cares upon the Lord, because He cares for you. Which leads us to the place of this first step of us acknowledging our limitedness, our weakness, our insufficiency, and our failures to humbly come before our merciful, gracious, loving God and ask Him for help. 
to cry out like David does here. To ask God to hear your prayers, your cries for mercy, for Him to move. The second aspect of what it looks like for us to trust God with our burdens by casting them on Him is to confess. I want to lean into this before we dive into this, these, these few verses. Uh, there's two kinds of confession that we oftentimes neglect one over the other. Uh, there's confession of sin. Yes, absolutely. There is to come before your God and to confess where you have failed, where you have sinned, uh, where you have all those things. What we did earlier in some aspects of our prayer. To confess where you have uh, gone wrong in the things that you have done, thought, uh, in the motivations. Yes, there's that aspect of co- confession. There's another kind of or component to confession. And there's a confession that is just bringing to light in honesty the condition of your heart. It's to just tell it how it really is to somebody else. To to be honest about what's actually going on inside of you with another person is a kind of confession. I'm not saying in that moment those kinds of confession. I'm not saying, oh man, I've done something wrong. I'm just saying like, this is how I, I feel right now. I want to be known to this person, so I'm going to confess what's going on inside of me. That kind of confession. And so we see in this psalm, in Psalm 55, David burdened by something going on in his life. And in verses 2 through 8, he takes steps of confession. And that confession is not like, God, look what all I've done. I've got I to make up for my sin by confessing it before I can ask God for help. No, he's just bearing all before God about the condition and the place that he finds himself, about what's going on inside of his heart. He's... he's unhindered and honest before God about the burdens that he's carrying. And in that, he invites us to be unhindered and honest before God about what's going on inside of us before we ever get to talking about what's actually going on. And he does this in verses 2, the second half, through 8. He says this in verse 2, I'm restless in my complaint, and I moan. Because of the noise of the enemy, because of the oppression of the wicked, for they drop trouble upon me, and in anger they bear a grudge against me. My heart is in anguish within me. The terror of death has fallen upon me. Fear and trembling come upon me, and horror overwhelms me. And I say, oh, that I had wings like a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. Yes, I would wander far away. I would lodge in the wilderness. I would hurry to find shelter from the raging wind and tempest. That before David ever makes any request about this burden that he's carrying, about this heavy weight and hard place he finds himself in life, before he ever steps into the actual nitty-gritty of the situation, he brings himself humbly and honestly in confession before, the, before God. Who he is, what is happening inside of him. And he walks through this. He says he's restless. That he's, he's moaning. So he's, he's in danger. Like there's a, a, an endangering fear and terror going on inside of him. That he finds his heart in a place of anguish. And there's not many words that carry the like 
intensity of an emotional place than anguish. He describes himself as, as in terror of death, of fear and trembling about horrors, that he's overwhelmed with fear and terror. So much that it drives him to this honest confession in 6-8 that says, God, I just want to run away. I just want to escape. I just want to be like a dove that is unburdened and just fly off. How do you relate to those? How can you relate with that honest, unhindered, the whole truth and nothing but the truth, confession about the condition of your heart, like David does here? Restless, can't sleep at night, awakened by sweats and anxiety and stress, moaning, I grunt randomly. I don't know if this is happening or there's something weird about me. <laughs> a place where your heart is in anguish. Like if there's one more thing to push, it's just going to burst. Terror, overwhelming fears, a desire to just escape, to run away. I know for me, when I find myself in a place like this, um, I know I can't run away, and I never would. But I find other creative ways to escape. Like fantasies of people who do cool things on YouTube. Anybody else? Anybody else? I'm alone. All right. They're doing this thing that's so cool. It would be so awesome to do that. That sounds like it would be so much better than what I'm in doing right now. That's a desire and an attempt to emotionally and mentally escape from a burden that I'm carrying that puts me in a place right now where I go, I don't want to be here right now. What David invites us to in a place where we are weary, heavy laden with burdens is to come unhindered completely honest before God about what's happening inside of us. About the true condition of our hearts. Have you ever done that? Have you ever been like completely honest with God? In a place in posture where you didn't feel like you had to sugarcoat it or make it sound pretty? Where you could just really say, I can't take anymore? You ever been in that place? David's in that place in Psalm 55. And here's the reality. All of us have most likely found ourselves in this place. But we don't feel like God is a safe enough place for us to come honest, unhindered about the true condition of our heart. We feel those things I said earlier. Oh, it'll be too much. It'll be too much for him. It's too much for my friend. It's too much for my spouse. It'll be too much for them. Like we're, we're a burden to God. We feel like we'll just be ignored or turned away. Like maybe somebody has ignored or turned you away. 
God's desire, ultimately, and David invites us into this reality in these few verses, uh, is not to be the cosmic problem solver and fix the thing that's causing you to be burdened. But he wants you. The real, honest, whole truth and nothing but the truth. You. And so this psalm welcomes us to be the whole truth and nothing but the truth confession about what's going on inside of us before our good God. To be honest with God about what's happening inside you. Knowing He's not going to shame you. That He's not going to cast you out for thinking things that are untrue about God and saying them to Him. I want to encourage you also, uh, if you struggle to do this, if you struggle to be honest or to put yourself in a posture and place where you are confessing the condition of your heart before God, if that's a hard thing for you, it's normal to be hard. Just clarify that. I want to encourage you to write. I want to encourage you to write. Like to simply write out the true condition of your heart, the thoughts, the feelings, the things that you're carrying in prayer to God. Have a journal and just write them out. Because it's really easy when we're in prayer to be like, I don't want to go down that rabbit trail, I'm just going to move on to the next one. And if we're writing, it slows us down and we have to finish the sentence. We've got to finish the sentence and put a period at the end. So my encouragement would be for us to trust the Lord with our burdens by casting them on Him, by humbly coming before Him to cry out, I need you, God, to confess what's actually going on inside of us before our God in in full truth and honesty. And then the third thing is to ask. To ask of our mighty God. To ask Him. To attend, which He says in the first few verses. To tend to something is to care for it, right? If I'm going to tend to my garden, I'm going to go pick the weeds. I'm going to go water it. I'm going to go take the produce. If I'm going to tend to my children, I'm going to change their diapers. I'm going to feed them food. I'm going to take care of, right? So his request at the beginning in crying out is, God, care for me. And ultimately, that leads him to the place of asking God. And so the third point is to ask. And we see this in verses 9 through 15. He says this, destroy He's not hindered in this request either. God, destroy. That's what I want you to do, God. I want you to destroy. Destroy, O Lord. Divide their tongues, for I see violence and strife in the city. Day and night they go around, in, uh, around it, in its, in, on its walls, and iniquity and trouble are within it. Ruin is in its midst. Oppression and fraud do not depart from its marketplace. For it is not an enemy who taunts me, then I could bear it. It is, not an advisor, it is not an adversary who deals insolently with me, then I could hide from it, or from him. But it is you, a man, my equal, my companion, my familiar friend. We used to take sweet counsel together with God, within God's house when we walked in the throng. 
Let death steal over them. Let them go down to Sheol alive. For evil is in their dwelling place and in their heart. That in this process of David trusting the Lord with his burdens looks like casting them upon the Lord. He gets to a place of asking God to do something. And in his specific situation, he asked God to destroy and to divide. To bring to an end the wickedness and sin that rules in the cities at the hands of a betraying dear friend. That David's not dealing with an enemy like the Philistines or some other nation. He's dealing with a betraying dear friend. Someone who he would stand next to in the temple and worship. Who would talk through and seek counsel from God and his priest in the temple. Someone who he shared his life with who has now betrayed him. Is wreaking havoc in his cities. And David's request to God is to bring it to an end. To bring to an end the violence and the strife, the sin and trouble, the oppression and the fraud. To bring to an end this friend who is now a betrayer. With you, with the specific burden that you feel now, today, in life, the thing that is laid upon you in weight and anxiety and stress that we've talked about and I, le- I hope you identified earlier. What do you want God to do? Like, what do you want Him to do? Like, as simple as that question is, with regards to that burden, what do you want God to do? Unhindered, ask. Ask. Ask Him. There's no one more capable than God to handle your burden. There's no one more powerful to act in moments and times and place when we feel like there's nothing that could be done. There's no one who can work miracles but our God. So what is it that you want God to do about your burden? Ask. Ask Him. There's nothing more effective. A mentor of mine told me this pre-church planting, which is a hard thing that requires a whole lot of faith. Trust in the Lord to do amazing things. Before planting Trellview, a friend, mentor, and pastor of mine said, there's nothing more effective that you can do than to pray. The word effective means to get stuff done. Oftentimes we feel like praying is not effective. Because we're not doing anything, it feels like, when we're praying. 
Like I could stop and pray about this or I could go fix it. That's how we typically function. There's nothing more effective when it comes to all conditions and places of life, especially our burdens, nothing more effective that we can do when facing those problems and those burdens than to come before our good God who loves you and to ask. It's, a, it's really simple. Not that the problems aren't, aren't hard or the work of God is not complex or slow or challenging for us to see or be uh, aware of, but the step for us when it comes to trusting the Lord with our burdens looks like casting them on Him of asking is a fairly straightforward thing. Ask. So maybe it's a, a mental problem you're facing. Overwhelming anxiety? Ask God to grant you peace. He's the God of peace. Maybe it's a physical problem. Health, finances, something like that. Ask the God who works miracles to provide what you need. Maybe it's a relational problem. Ask our gracious, reconciling God who reconciled you from enemy to son or daughter to bring reconciliation to broken relationship. Maybe it's a spiritual burden or sin or temptation that you fight or face or find yourself in. Ask our redeeming, delivering God to deliver you from temptation. Ask Him to create in you a heart that delights in Him and His law, His way. I want to clarify. Um, asking um, does not mean you shouldn't get help. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't talk to someone else also, but our first step and our faithful, steadfast steps should be towards God. And we'll get to what it looks like to bear one another's burdens at the end in just a few minutes. So trusting the Lord with our burdens looks like casting them on Him, and it begins with the process of crying out in humility for God to do something. It looks like being honest about the condition of our heart in confession. It looks like honesty about the situation and asking God, and it leads us to the end of this psalm where David remembers some things. The last point, to remember where David remembers some things in the face of this burden that is unresolved in the place and moment when he writes this. He walks through this process, yet it's still unresolved, and he finishes it by remembering some things. In Psalm 55, verse 16, he says this, In the face of his burden, cried out to God, honest about the condition of his heart, he asked God to do something, and David takes a posture of remembering in verse 16, and he says, But I call to God, and the Lord will save me. Evening and morning and at noon I utter my complaints and moans, and he hears my voice. Just clarify, that's all day. Just to make sure we're all on board with that. Evening, morning, noon, covers the whole basis. He redeems my soul in safety from the battle that I wage. For many are arrayed against me. God will give ear to the humble, or and humble them. He who is enthroned from old, but they do not cha change and do not fear God. My companion stretched out his hand against his friends. He violated his covenant. His speech was smooth as butter, 
yet war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet they were drawn swords. That David, in the face of this, says some very clear, reassuring, preaching to himself things about who God is in the effort to help him remember in the face of his unresolved burden that he's processing and casting upon the Lord who his God is. What does he say? In waiting for God to bring, to, to relieve him of his burden, to, to act, when he's waiting, he's remembering. And he remembers that it's the Lord who saves me. He remembers that it's the Lord who hears his cries. He, he remembers that it's the Lord who redeems him. He remembers that it's the Lord who listens to his request. That David reminds himself in the moment and time of waiting of who his God is and what his God does. That God will save me. That God will hear my voice. That God will redeem me. That God will listen to my cry. He remembers who his God is. Even in waiting. And what we need in these moments of heavy-weighted burdens is to remember the gospel. To remember who our God is and what he has done. That Jesus came, promised from before the foundations of the world, to take the heaviest, most significant burden that you and I have. The burden of sin and judgment. That Jesus came to take the burden of sin. For He who knew no sin became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. 2 Corinthians 5.21 That He takes the burden of sin and judgment that we all have coming and puts it upon Himself and He's crucified on a cross putting an end to it. So that all who put their faith and trust in Him would have forgiveness of sin, the righteousness of God, and eternal life. That that's what God has done. That He has redeemed us in Jesus. That He has saved us in Jesus. And, and the interesting thing is when you look at what David has done here, uh, it's actually the same exact thing. Like w when we are aware of the burden and weight of sin, we cry out to God for forgiveness and mercy. We confess Jesus as Lord. And we ask for His forgiveness and eternal life. And we're saved. The, the same way in which we find redemption from the burden of sin is the same way we remember the gospel, that we come before our God with the burdens we carry on a daily basis. To cry out to Him. To confess. And to ask for forgiveness. Or ask for Him to move. There's one aspect of this that's really important for us to remember. Casting your burdens on the Lord means letting Him do what He wants with it.
when you give somebody something, you relinquish control of it. Right? Like if I was to give you my car, title, keys, I no longer get to dictate what you do with it because it's yours. In the same way, trusting the Lord with our burdens means we're casting them on Him and saying, God, I trust you to do what you see fit with this. I have my request. I have my desires. I've made them known to you. But God, I ask you to do what's good. And I trust you with it. Surrendering to His will and His desire for the circumstances and situation that has caused you to be heavy and laden. Trusting that in His character and nature, His love for you, He will do what's best for you. So when it comes to us finding ourselves in a place where we are burdened and heavy laden, we get some options. We can do nothing. Not a great option. (laughs) We can do the same thing. Keep trying to bear it ourselves. Or we can cast it upon our mighty God. Who cares for you? He finishes this psalm in verse 22 and says this. Cast your burden upon the Lord, and He will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved, but you, O God, will cast them down into the pit of destruction. Men of blood and treachery shall not live out half their days, but I will trust in you. To cast our burdens upon the Lord. And trust that He will carry you, sustain you. There's a component aspect of this that uh, leads us to also bearing one another's burdens and sorrows. This is what Galatians unpacks for us in chapter 6. To bear one another's burdens and sorrows and so fulfill the law of Christ. In addition to casting our burdens upon the Lord, we bring them to light in relationship with God's people who care for us, who are the tangible tangible experiences of the gospel of Jesus to us in the midst of our burdens. My encouragement to you would be to cast your burdens upon the Lord and trust Him with them and to bear one another's burdens and sorrows. To get counsel from brothers and sisters, from Christian biblical counseling, who can remind you to cast your burdens upon the Lord, help you sift through the things that are going on, to begin in the place of casting your burden upon the Lord, trusting Him with it, and then to bear one another's burdens and sorrows, like Jesus has bore yours on the cross. Trusting God with our burdens means casting our burdens upon the Lord. It means we give them to Him and let Him do what He desires with it. Um, That's God's will and desire for us. Not that we carry our burdens and suffer, but that we cast them upon Him. So Jesus says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden 
for I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, for it is light. Let me pray for us. God, your people are weary and heavy, um, weak and limited. That there are things that are going on in our lives that are burdensome and can at times feel crippling. And God, so we ask you in this moment uh, to lead us to a place and posture of trust in you by casting them upon you, by literally throwing them to you, saying, God, you take care of this. God, would you help us to be people who are honest with you about the condition of our hearts, who boldly come before you and ask you to move, Help us to embody the gospel of Jesus in the way that we bear one another's burdens. And God, would you, uh, God, would you bring uh, rest and light, light burden to the heavy, to the weary. Jesus name we pray. Amen.